Good morning, Doxa. Guys, it's, it's great to see you. Great to, to be together. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Rob. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, but guys, as you can tell by all the decor around here, we've officially switched gears to celebrate Christmas. That since uh, November 28th, I believe, we entered into this Advent season. And Advent is really just a, a thing that just kind of points us to, prepares us to, to really celebrate the incarnation of Jesus, which is what Christmas is ultimately all about. And so for the next few weeks, before we celebrate Christmas, we're, we're really just preparing our hearts to celebrate Jesus. And today we're going to do things a little bit differently, but it's going to kind of have like a, a similar rhythm. But what we're going to do today is really we're going to start off by opening up our Bibles to hear God's word to us. And then we're going to celebrate some, some baptisms. And so I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and find your way to 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, I'll say this, okay, so if you've been coming around Doxa, my Christmas gift, my early Christmas gift to you is a fairly short sermon today, okay? So depending on your uh, background, you know, it might not feel like a fairly short sermon, but that is my Christmas gift to you, okay? So while you get to 1 Peter chapter 1, here's the question that I want to answer today, okay? As we consider and like prepare to celebrate Christmas, we have to ask this question, why was Jesus born? Right, because Christmas, right, we, we celebrate. I mean, billions of people around the world, we, we celebrate the historical man Jesus' birth. But why? Because here's the answer. Why was Jesus born? Jesus was born so that we could be born again. And this is our big idea today. All right, this is a huge concept that we need to wrap our minds around and really understand that for the Christians in here, as you are reminded of this, this should produce some joy and some celebration and some worship and wonder and awe and praise. For those of you who are kind of like newer to the Christian faith, you're newer to the Bible, you're newer to church, this is some of the most important stuff that you could ever learn. This could be a monumental, life-changing, eternity-directing morning for you. But Jesus was born so that we could be born again, and a guy named Peter is going to help us understand this, this idea more today. All right, as, as Peter writes this, Jesus has been born, he lived his life, he died, he had risen from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and here is what Peter says in chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, and I want you to notice there's an exclamation point there, so Peter is saying that there's something really, really exciting that I need you to tell you about. All right, this whole concept, if you look back when he says blessed be, this is just a way of rejoicing and celebrating. All right, it's kind of like an emotional response that we have to something when things just go amazingly well or something awesome happens, right? I showed up in my office last week and there was a box sitting on my desk. I opened it up and there were like four apple fritters from Greenbush Bakery. And it's like, praise be to God, right? It's th that excitement. It's like when a couple that you know and you love, they come together, they're dating and they say, hey, we're getting married and you just want to celebrate Right? It's this level of excitement. This Peter is so excited here. And really, this is our posture here today. Our posture every time that we gather. Like we have one goal with everything that we do. It's to tell you something really, really exciting, something worth celebrating. And today, I have for you good news of great joy, and it's this. Look back. Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. Now, this idea of mercy, right? When Peter talks about this, he's talking about this. Doxa, hear this. Mercy means that there is a God who loves you. Somebody in here needs to know that. There is a God who loves you. There's a God who cares for you. He empathizes with you. He sympathizes with you. He has compassion for you. 
And when we think about Jesus, Hebrews 11 talks about how we have a great high priest that Jesus has been where you are and he's gone where you're going. Doxa, we need to understand this, that Jesus is God and he's been here. He understands here. He's made it through here and now he's seated there and he comforts us here as we journey there. He has great mercy. We have a great high priest who loves us, who cares for us, who has compassion for us and he's with us. And Peter is showing us here that this is so significant. Because some of us in this room, you have a really bad view of God as Father. Some of us in this room, you, you, you think of God as a Father, and what you tend to do is you tend to project your biological dad and your experiences with him on your heavenly dad. But we need to be careful to not view God like our biological dads. Because God is far greater and far more loving than any of our biological fathers could ever be. And I know that some of you in here, you, you didn't grow up with a good father. And when you would do something wrong, you would ultimately live in fear of your dad. And you would wonder, like, is he going to get angry with me? Is he going to help me? Is he going to hurt me? What is my dad going to do? Peter shows us that God is different. He's a father whose heart is filled with mercy and he loves his kids. That God's the kind of father that in your time of need, that you don't have to run from him, but you can run to him knowing that he will help you and not harm you. How good is that, Doxa? This is good news. This is who our God is. And so Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And here lies the answer to our Christmas question of why was Jesus born? What does Peter say? He was born so that what? We could be born again. And I want to just spend a minute explaining this to you, okay? Because this is a massive thing. And chances are you've, you've heard this language before, like I'm a born-again Christian, and it's said in like a southern twang, and you're like, I don't know what to take from that. What does that mean? It's confusing. But this is a big, big concept in the Bible. Eternity directing. What does it mean to be born again? And our best understanding of this theological concept comes from an interaction that Jesus had with a man named Nicodemus in the Gospel of John, chapter 3. So I want you to keep your finger in 1 Peter, and I want you to turn back to the Gospel of John, chapter 3. But here's what happens. All right, Jesus, as he's walking and he's doing ministry, he's teaching, he's preaching, he meets a man named Nicodemus, who was a deeply religious man, and Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He had a lot of religion, but hear this. He had no spiritual life. And so Nicodemus is a man who saw the supernatural work of God in Jesus, but he didn't experience the supernatural work of God in himself. And as you read this account, you can almost sense and feel that Nicodemus knew that he was missing something. He's like, I'm very religious. I, I know the scriptures, but he's, he's missing something because he's seeking out Jesus to ask him some questions. Maybe this is like some of you here. You've done the church thing, you kind of have the background of God and the Bible. Or maybe you don't have any of that. But there's this sense in your life that you're just missing something. And that is ultimately why you came here today. That's why you keep coming back. You're missing something. This is Nicodemus. And so when Jesus and Nicodemus meet, Nicodemus had some questions. And Jesus responded in a way that really just completely confused him. Take a look at this conversation. John chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus 
a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, and I want you to underline this next part in your Bible, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? All right, so Nicodemus just completely confused, so much so that he literally starts thinking about human anatomy and he's like, okay, so my mom, I can go to her house. Is there any way I can climb back into the womb? Right, and it's not a pleasant picture, but this is what he's thinking about. So like, what the heck is Jesus talking about? Here's what I'll tell you. Guys, we are all born physically, which is something that we all have in common. But what Jesus is saying here and what Peter is echoing was that in addition to being born physically, we need to be born again spiritually, which is how God makes us part of his family. And we need to pay attention to this because there's a big difference between attending church, being really religious, and being a child of God through new birth. Very big difference. But here's what you need to know, and Christmas is a reminder of this. We are all born in sin. All right, this is something, again, that we have all in common with each other, that we're all sinners in need of a Savior. And believe it or not, Christmas is a great reminder of this reality. Like, we can celebrate, but ultimately, when we come to Christmas and we think about the incarnation of Jesus, we should be thinking about my sin, your sin that required him to do what he did. Christmas is a great reminder that Jesus came as the Savior coming for sinners. And I'll say this, regardless of how we feel when I talk about sin and when we mention sin. Some of us, we, we don't like that and you, don't, you feel like you're getting beat over the head. Regardless of how we feel when we talk about sin, it's incredibly helpful to believe in and talk about sin. And here's why. Sin really just explains why the world is not the way it should be. It explains why we as people are not the way we should be, why we do terrible things, why, we, why bad things happen to every single one of us. That there's most definitely something wrong in our world and the Bible tells us that it's sin. And to make it simple, all right, sin is whatever God is not. And we are all affected and infected by it. Every single one of us. Every single one of us, we're sinful by nature and choice because we all sin in our words, in our thoughts, in our deeds, that no one is in fact perfect. And the consequence of sin is death. All right, and it's not that we just are kind of walking around our everyday stuff of life and we sin and God just has a lightning bolt and just wha-pow and zaps us and we die. But it's not like that. But sin literally leads to spiritual death. Eternal separation from God. And when we understand this, this is the only way that Christmas means anything special and substantial. Because here's the good news of Christmas. Every year as we celebrate we are reminded that God loves us so much that he chose to do something to save us from the effects of our sin. And with his Father's heart of mercy, as Peter's talking about, he comes to earth, being born in the form of a man, this is the Lord Jesus Christ, to live for us, to die for our sin, to take our sin, to help us to be born again with a new spiritual birth to bring us into his family. This is the only way Jesus was born so that we could be born again and enjoy life in the family of God. So here's my question that I'll just ask all of you just to consider. Have you been born again? Have you been born again? 
because we are all alive physically in this room. But some of you are sitting in your seat right now and you are dead spiritually. And maybe you would think about that question and ask, man, I don't really know. Like, how do you even know if you're born again? Here's how you know. You need to ask yourself, have I turned from sin and turned to Jesus? Because what I don't want you to do, I don't want you this Christmas to simply examine the life of Jesus with us. I want you to experience the life of Jesus with us this Christmas. Because hear this, anyone can examine the life of Jesus at Christmas time, and anybody could look at the story of Christmas, they could read and listen to how Jesus loves us. I mean, anyone can do that. You don't need any amount of faith to examine the life and the love and the grace of Jesus. But hear me on this. Only someone who's been born again can experience the life and the love and the grace of Jesus. And this is what all of humanity needs above anything else. And here's the great news about what we're talking about today. When we come to Jesus in faith and he causes us to be born again spiritually, everything changes. Everything changes. And in just a few minutes, we're going to hear some stories, story after story of life change that the gospel of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus has brought about in people's lives. But before that, I want to give you three glorious things that change when we come to Jesus in faith and he allows us to be born again. You can remember three words, identity, ability, eternity. The first, being born again, changes your identity. And I just want you to hear this. This is such good news, guys. If you've been born again, you have become a new person. Not, a, not an improved person, not a better person, like so many people in our world are striving to be as we medicate ourselves with books and life coaches and counselors and all that stuff, but a brand new person, radically new. And we see this throughout the Bible in places like 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, where the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so through faith, God literally makes you new. You get a fresh start, a clean start, total forgiveness of sin that separates you from God. That song that we sing, Homecoming, an empty slate at an empty grave. How great is that? New. And this is why this newness idea of, of people, when you read the Bible, at times you see people become Christians and they get a new name. That's how new they are. And so Abram becomes, becomes Abraham. Cephas becomes Peter. Saul becomes Paul. And they get new names because they're radically new. And so let me ask it this way. How would you complete this statement? It's going to come up on you on the screen. I am blank. What comes to your mind when you say that? I am blank. And I want you to know, as you're thinking about this, however you would complete that statement, that is your identity. And what we need to know is that who we are affects what we do and affects where we go in life. And God no longer wants you to identify yourself by what you've done or what you do or what others have done to you, but he wants you to be able to say, I am a child of God. Amen? This is what it's all about. A child of God. Above everything, this is our identity in Christ. I am a child of God. I'm not no longer an object of wrath because of my sin, but God, through the saving work of Jesus, has caused me to be born again into a living hope, and I am new, and I am now a child of God in the Father's family. There's good news. 
And here's the thing, guys. When we can say of our identity that I am a child of God, this gives us great confidence and assurance in life. Because my life isn't about what I've done or what I didn't do, but it's all about what Jesus has done for me. And this new life that Jesus gives us brings about the second thing that's true of you, that being born again changes your ability. And here's what I mean. All right, when Jesus causes us to be born again, he empowers us to live a life in joyful victory and contentment. It's a life of victory over sin and temptation. It's a life of persistent joy, no matter what life throws at us. It's a life of contentment and trust and peace that doesn't seem to make sense at all. Have you seen people like this? These people that are just getting kicked in the face by life, but they still have this joy. They still have this peace that you're like, this doesn't make sense. Have you seen these people that they have this love and you're like, how do they do that? How do they love people like that? How do they give like that? And it doesn't make sense until you understand being born again. I mean, how many of you people know people like this? They come to faith in Jesus. God saves them. He makes them new. And this person, they get a new joy. They get a new perspective. A new peace. They're just radically different. Have you seen that? This is the work of God. Jesus causing us to be born again. The Apostle Paul says it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. He's talking to a young pastor. He says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So God is our Father, and he gives us the strength we need and the ability to live a new changed life. He strengthens us. He saves us, and he gives us power. That the same power that allowed Jesus to live a sinless life and to live in victory over temptation and the same power that allowed Paul to have a steadfast joy even in the midst of prison and life oppositions, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Spirit, that same power is living in us through faith. Do you understand this? This is good news of great joy. And so many Christians don't grasp this and don't live in this because we're consumed with ourselves. That as we navigate life, we fix our eyes on our situations and ourselves, causing us to forget about the God who died for us and raised for us and saved us, and He's actually still with us. That He's Emmanuel, God with us, and He empowers us to live like Jesus in victory, contentment, and joy. And this is why the author of Hebrews in chapter 12, he says, as you're going through life, throw off everything that hinders you and the sin that entangles you. And he says what? Fix your eyes on Jesus. The author and the perfecter of your faith. The strength to live a new life. It's by the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit of God, that he gives us the ability to live in a way that we cannot live on our own by a power that we do not possess on our own. But he gives it to us. And so when we understand this, it becomes this. Guys, the Christian life isn't just something that I live for God, but it's something that God lives for and through me. You understand that? It's the power of God with us that saves us and empowers us to live like Jesus for the glory of God and the good of the world. He gives us a new ability. And then finally, being born again changes your eternity. Docs, if you've been around for a while, you hear this all the time, but there's likely some of you here that you haven't heard this, but Christmas is a reminder of the truth that on our own, we are hopelessly stuck in our sin, which ultimately keeps us from God. That on our own, there is no hope of reaching heaven and escaping hell. And I love you enough to say that, 
but you just need to know this. But the Christmas story shows us that there is, in fact, hope that Jesus came for us to help us. And just like Christmas is the season of gift giving and gift exchanges, Christianity is about a glorious gift exchange. The great reformer Martin Luther, all right, he says it like this. He called it the great exchange. And here's the great exchange. All right, this is what Jesus wants for Christmas. He wants your sin. That's all he wants. And this is why, again, Peter is so excited. And he's saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. Peter is saying, this is unbelievable. Christian, do you sense that? It's unbelievable that Jesus just wants our sin and he wants to give us everything. And this is the stuff that it makes sense why there's people in here clapping and dancing and having their hands up and screaming out, even though they have a terrible voice. They're excited. This is Peter. It's unbelievable. And God's gift for us is to be born again. He wants us, He wants to give us Himself and to take our sin and to give us His joy. Jesus invites us, and Christmas is a reminder of this invitation. It's the great famous verse, John 3:16. For God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus was born so that we could be born again. 